Welcome to Kadampa Podcasts. These podcasts offer practical solutions to daily challenges and help guide us to a happier and more peaceful state of mind. In each episode, you will find an extract from a teaching given by one of various Kadampa Buddhist teachers worldwide. All these teachings are inspired by the profound wisdom of Venerable Geshe Kelsang Gyatso Rinpoche, a Buddhist master for our time. We hope you will enjoy listening. Meditation is a practice. That's why we call it a practice. <laughs> the practice of meditation. Um, and that's why we call someone who practices meditation, we call them a practitioner. So people who attend here regularly, they are practitioners. So that means they are not perfect. <laughs> and in fact, they could in fact be pretty inept. That's fine. So if you felt, for example, that you didn't get anywhere near this peaceful state I was talking about and recognizing your extraordinary potential and so forth, then that just means that you are in very good company. Because that's where we all start with an incredibly distracted mind. You know, Geshe himself in, in the section, What is Meditation? He says sometimes people feel like they're getting worse when they first start meditating. And I've had people say this to me. They, they, they've come up to me directly, almost like quoting from the book unwittingly. They're saying, I'm going backwards. I was never this distracted till I started meditating. Oh, yes, you were. You just had not established a counterpoint, right, to be aware of how distracted you are. Now you're becoming aware of how distracted you are. You just thought that was normal. Now you've established a counterpoint so that you start going, oh, it's distracted. So, yeah, from that point of view, you're more distracted than you've ever been, right, because now you're actually recognizing it. So that's normal. And it just takes practice. And it's that, to begin with, it's just that process of the moment you recognize your mind has wandered, bring it back. And then bring it back again. And then again, but relaxed. Don't be like, darn. If you say darn, it's somehow surprising that your mind wandered. Your mind wandering is not surprising. Your mind not wandering is surprising, you know, to begin with. Just very relaxed. It's like, oops, there I go again. Almost like we need a little bit of a sense of humor with ourselves, you know? Uh, like you're playing with a kid, you know, you're trying to get them to pick up the ball or something like that, and they keep dropping it. And, you know, if you start suddenly beating the kid up, they're never going to play ball, you know? So don't beat yourself up. You just like bring it back, bring it back. And eventually, before you know it, if you're playful, like just like if you're playful with a the child, they're going to start holding on to that ball. You know, if you're playful with yourself, in a sense, recognizing your potential, you've got the potential. So just keep going back and eventually you're, you're going to get better and better at it. You know, finally, when you get, when you start, when you start getting okay at it, at some point, you're going to discover that meditation is the best. It's the best. It's the most enjoyable thing on the planet. It's better than whatever you think is the best. <laughs> How could I say such an outrageous thing? It's, it doesn't, it's not better than surfing. 
or sewing or, or whatever it is that's your thing. You know, it's not better than, than, than hang gliding or, or, I mean, these days on Instagram, you know, like people are all doing all sorts of crazy things or whatever. It's not better than that. Swimming with the dolphins or something, you know. How could it possibly be better? I'll tell you why it's better. And that doesn't mean don't do these other things. Do whatever you want. In fact, the whole point I'm about to make is what you want to learn to do is bring the meditative experience, the happiness that you're developing, the peace that you're developing through meditation to your other activities. Because at the moment, we seek happiness in those activities. And sometimes you get a temporary buzz, you know, a temporary high, a temporary satisfaction, a temporary uplift. But it doesn't last. It can't last because it's based on something impermanent. We discussed all this last week. It's based on something outside of your mind. So the best it can do is give you a temporary happiness. And often it doesn't even do that, right? Often we even plan for a big event and it turns out to be a bummer. Because you can't control the externals. And your mind just might not be in the right place, so to speak. But when you're training in meditation, you're, you're actually going to the source. You're going directly to the source of inner peace and happiness, of, of real happiness. And so when you actually get to the point where you can hang glide there, kite surf there, absorb into that experience, well, yeah, you're, you're in the source of happiness itself. It's unadulterated. It's not watered down by anything. And then you can bring that experience to everything. So you literally enjoy everything. That was certainly my experience of Venerable Geshe-la. He was just always in a state of enjoyment with everything. Because why not? Why not? When that's our potential. Our potential is for lasting peace and happiness. Anyway, it says so here. I just have to show again. I have to say this from time to time so you know it's not me just making stuff up. This is Buddha's teachings. Normally we seek happiness outside ourselves. We try to obtain better material conditions, a better job, a higher social status, and so forth. But no matter how successful we are in improving our external situation, we still experience many problems and much dissatisfaction. We never experience pure, lasting happiness. This shows that we should not seek happiness outside of ourselves, but instead establish it within by purifying and controlling our mind through sincere spiritual practice. If we train in this way, we can ensure that our mind remains calm and peaceful, and calm and happy, all the time, then no matter how difficult our external circumstances may be, we will always be happy and peaceful. Hmm. So lasting peace and happiness is, is possible, but we have to train. In our ordinary life, even though we work very hard to find happiness, it remains elusive for us, whereas suffering and problems seem to come naturally without any effort. Why is this? It is because the cause of happiness within our mind, inner peace, is very weak. 
and can give rise to its effect only if we apply great effort, whereas the internal causes of suffering and problems, delusions, are very strong and can give rise to their effects with no effort on our part. I don't know if you've noticed, suffering comes effortlessly. Whereas happiness is like, okay, we've got to train, how to train. Why? Because the cause is, is weak, you know, but we can strengthen it. So we strengthen it ideally, eventually. And I know, you know, initially maybe that seems a tall order, but eventually through daily meditation. It can be brief, five minutes, 10 minutes. Generally, a little longer is better, but, you know, because you want to have that experience of settling. And you can see how it takes a little bit of time to settle, right? For the mind to settle into that peaceful state. So you need a little bit of time to have that experience and then connect to that natural source of peace and have, recognize it and connect to your potential. This is so important because you want to feel that the person who leaves the meditation is different from the person who started. And that's the person you want to have go out into the world, you know? And you want to set an intention to then continue to train in peace and happiness throughout the day. And that's like your little mission, you know? Big mission, actually. It's a very important mission. But it's not a mission impossible. <laughs> it's a very important mission to, to see, can I sustain this? Now, uh, spoiler alert most likely, no, you cannot <laughs> to begin with, right? Because suffering comes effortlessly. Negative minds, anger, attachment, dis disappointment comes effortlessly. But as soon as you recognize you're under the influence of those minds, and this is all training, it can take a while, you want to go, oh, the fact that I'm suffering is a sign that I'm now deluded. We're going to explore delusions more and how to let go of the delusions next week more. Already this is, you know, helpful just to recognize clearly I'm hallucinating right now. I'm deluded. So let me, instead of following those thoughts, drop them. I'm not going to repress. I'm just going to disengage and then find my way back to that peaceful heart. Maybe I can just slightly remove myself from the situation uh, and just like focus on the breathing, find my way back, settle into it. Ah. <sighs> happiness restored. Great. And then carry on. So this is a really important practice. And there are many, many things we can learn to help us do this and get better and better at it. But to begin with, you know, I'd just like to encourage you, have it as a, you know, have it as a little challenge to yourself. Can I hang out with this peaceful feeling for longer? And can I revisit it many times throughout the day? I mean, why not? We revisit painful feelings many times throughout the day, uh, which is, I think I talked about this last week, which is kind of perverse, isn't it? You know, was it here last week? I talked about sticking your head in the garbage can. When the, the, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like silly. Why, why do we do that? You know, um, so why don't we stick our head in something wonderful many times a day? It's a training. It'll get better and better and better and better because you are touching the actual source of peace and happiness and eventually you're going to discover it's, a, it's bliss. Anyway, I want to give one other pointer for something that we can carry with us and this ties very much in with Venerable Geshe-la, which is not only do we have our own source of peace and happiness, 
and this amazing potential. But right now, we have wonderful conditions to recognize this and to actualize that potential, to recognize our, our present situation, having this actual source of peace and happiness. And we have the potential, the, 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 the methods to actualize that potential. We call this having a precious human life. A human life in general, of course, in general we can say is precious, but a human life in which you have the opportunity to actually recognize your potential and to begin to actualize it is an extraordinarily fortunate human life. Because truth be told, it's really easy to go through your entire human life and not recognize what you've just heard about. To just really think happiness depends on getting the external conditions right. And you can never get the external conditions right because the real source of happiness is inner peace. So no matter how much you put together of, you know, the right dose of family, the right dose of garden, the right dose of accommodation, the right dose of job and insurance policy and uh, inter interior design and, and dental insurance and, 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 you know, so forth, you'll never, you'll never get it right. If you think those people out on their super yachts are just abiding in inner peace and joy, uh, check again. So how lucky are we? And it's important to recognize that, that, that actually this is unusual. This is unusual and methods exist. To, to go right in there, recognize your potential and actualize it. And in fact, step number one within what we call the stages of the path to enlightenment is precisely recognizing I am fortunate because with this life I have the opportunity to recognize where happiness really comes from. And I have the potential to actualize that happiness. And that's unbelievable because I could really easily pass through this life and miss it altogether. And according to Buddha, we have done precisely that over and over and over and over and over again. And for whatever extraordinary karmic reason in this life, causes and conditions have come together to allow us to have like an opening where we can suddenly recognize, oh, you mean I have my own internal source of peace and happiness and it's boundless and here's a bunch of tools and methods for actualizing it? That's incredible. That's rare. Maybe we could touch a bit more upon this next week because I'm running out of time. But um, the, 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 there's a meditation on precious human life and the purpose of that meditation is really to just to feel fortunate so that you want to take full advantage of your good fortune instead of just thinking, you know what? Yeah, I could practice inner peace and happiness and that would, yeah, it's probably a good idea, but you know what? I'm not going to because I just want to Netflix and, you know, hang out or whatever. I'm just not into it. And unfortunately, we can be just not into it 
a lot because we're not that motivated these days. We're, we're very conditioned to be passive, passive participants in our life, passive consumers. And yeah, Buddha's kind of adding a certain, he's not demanding anything because it's total freedom, but your own recognition is demanding something of you to live an active life, to actually recognize your potential and seize the day, seize every day as an opportunity to grow your mind, to grow your potential for your own sake and for the sake of others, to bring happiness into the lives of others, authentic happiness into the lives of others through carrying it. That's what Geshe meant when he said, you can be like me. You know, you can do too. You can train your mind too. You can become a good example for others too. And you know, that, that gratitude element that we understand in our society is very important for happiness anyway. But that gratitude element is part of that precious human life. Realizing, in my case, and in the case of you know, so many of the practitioners here, a feeling of gratitude to Geshe-la because it's through his life, his work, his example, and his, of course his tireless teachings that these horizons have opened up for me personally and of course for you know thousands of other people around the world and it's you know the moment you think like that all your kind of boring self-centered minds just disappear isn't it instead i'm so fortunate i'm so lucky and how grateful i am to have this opportunity and so i just really like to encourage you you know over this next week maybe access that that inner peace, access that potential on your own, you know, a little bit, however much time you can give it, identify with it. And then on that basis, also just remember, you know what? I'm very fortunate to be able to think like this. Don't make it a task. Don't make it a chore. Quite the opposite. I'm just so lucky. And, you know, methods are going to be taught step by step how we can begin to nurture that potential, eventually actualize that potential. But it starts just with the recognition feeling fortunate, feeling grateful. If you feel inspired by this podcast, then dive deeper into the timeless wisdom of modern Kadampa Buddhism by following the link in the episode description. We look forward to reconnecting with you in the next episode of Kadampa Podcasts.